podcast hosting provided by Transistor. If you want to host your own show, head over to Transistor.fm and start a 14-day free trial. Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I'm joined this week by Chris Soulsby and what an absolute belter of a weekend we have to talk about. It's nice to be back on and oh my god, what a season finale. Season 5 is over, Formula E is over for now and I don't even know where to begin on this one at all, It was incredible and it definitely lived up to all the hype. Now, what we're going to do with this is, for each race this weekend, we're going to do an episode. So we have two episodes for you, uh, because there is so much to unpack and um, so much to talk about, especially in the first race, which we will get into. But before we do, Media of the Week. I'm not sure if you've got a Media of the Week, Chris? I I do have a form of Media of the Week. Okay, well, we'll start with mine. Uh, The lame... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Lamer Gamers podcast. This is quite a cool podcast, actually. So these are both uh, fully grown guys, fully grown adults, um, graying hair, failing backs that are actively trying to balance gaming life with married life, work life, uh, personal life, and more while retaining their sanity. Uh, so their goal is to put a one hour show out twice a month, or at least, you know, um, at least once. Um, but you can sort of sneak in on your lunch break on the go and that'll hopefully keep you entertained enough. Uh, really cool podcast. Very interesting. Uh, one of them's just bought an Xbox One X and he seems to love it to bits if he can uh, keep his wife off it to actually get to play it. So, yeah. I think I've heard of that podcast, actually. What, really? I think so, yeah. I think I've seen it on Twitter or heard of it or... I might be lying, of course, but I'm sure I've seen something like that. It might be called the Lamers Gamers podcast. Well, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, I might it, give that a listen, actually, because it's quite fun. It deserves it, because, I mean, it's hard enough trying to do this podcast with, with um, actually watching the races, and then you've got Formula One, and then you've got Super Formula, and then I was checking yeah. out the World Touring Cars, and, oh, I am... Um, racing this weekend was... I, I just... I just can't keep up with it all. And I oh, want to, but it, it's just too much of it. It's, it's mad. Honestly, there's so much quality racing on at the moment. Yeah, even the Formula 1 was good this weekend. I was, I was surprised. Um, and there's so much quality racing on at the moment. It's, oh, it's impossible to keep up with it all, especially the uh, weekend just gone with Formula E. Oh. Yeah, just a side note. My favourite touring car driver, Esteban Guerrieri. Have you heard of him before? Esteban Guerrieri. Nobody's yeah. a good name. It is a good name, and I do like the guys with the good names. But he did a it's test with name. China Racing back in the day. Oh, really? Cause I, yeah, because I looked into him. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Full of information. But uh, do you have a media of the week? Okay, so um, hmm, I, I, I've got... Oh, yeah. It, it's a hard call, my media of the week. So over the past uh, week or so, since the last time we uh, recorded, I've um, found a number of uh, 
news highlights in the UK, which I found really, really entertaining. Um, you might have seen me tweeting about this on Twitter, but my major of the week this week is uh, two news articles uh, from the UK, which I think are absolutely hilarious. Uh, it's not really major of the week as such, but I'm just going to mention it anyway. So uh, earlier this month, uh, in Cambridgeshire, uh, in Cambridge, the uh, university town, we had a nine-foot-long uh, python escape through a window in a home, and it was uh, at large for six days. That is terrifying. <laughs> I think it's quite funny. Um, well, see, we don't have we don't have snakes in New Zealand, so that's absolutely terrifying. We don't have pythons in the UK. That's only when they escape. And um, there was this uh, nine-foot-long python running the streets of Cambridge. And basically, uh, it was an article on the BBC that I read, and it was like, oh, you know, this snake isn't poisonous. However, it does suffocate its prey uh, by wrapping itself around them. And, you know, that's that's lighthearted, especially in, like, you know, the south of the country. Yeah, death is death. Yeah, death is death. But mm. what's better than the reticulated python was the news that, um, and this was quite good, uh, there was the news that in the Rolls-Royce factory in Bognor Regis, an employee found a turtle in the car park. What? A turtle. Slow news week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There was a turtle in a car park at the Rolls-Royce manufacturing plant in Bognor Regis. He had no idea what to do with it to put it in the sink. So yeah, that, that's my major of the week. There'll be more major of the week for race two. <laughs> <laughs> no, there won't. Oh. I'm not doing media of the week. That's that's enough. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get straight into the news. Uh, Daniel Apt confirmed at Audi for next season. Uh, this one coming just before the doubleheader in New York. Now the lineup. I think it's good to have the continuity. I think it's good. Uh, Daniel Apt's been he's been unlucky. He's been constantly scoring. He's been consistent, and I think Audi needed to keep him. I know there was a lot of news about him possibly leaving or doing something else, but it's it's definitely confirmed now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Apt's been uh, signed by um, Audi for Season 6 now, and that's both him and Degrassi locked in for another year. And I think that's good for the team, really, because it just keeps that consistency. So Apt and Degrassi have been teammates since Formula E's first ever race. And you know, they're the only team in Formula E who have maintained the, the exact same driver lineup since the start. And, um, you know, I, th- I think that's really good in all honesty. At, there was a lot of talk that he might have found himself out of a drive at the end of the season, but he was consistent. And, yeah, I think it's, it's deserved. It's deserved. I would like to see uh, Nico Muller um, put in somewhere, though. Well, that doesn't mean he can't be slotted in somewhere else. Yeah, precisely. I hope he gets a drive because he was the favourite uh, replacer. And he does deserve a seat somewhere, so uh, we'll see. We'll see about that. But yeah, very good signing again from Audi. You know, well done, Ab. Absolutely. I think it's it's going to be interesting uh, to see the... That wasn't deliberate, but I'll, I'll, tr- I'll, I'll, I'll claim it anyway. <laughs> Uh, the the shakeup of of drivers this 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 silly season uh, will be quite interesting to see who moves. Yeah, I think 
the silly season this season, when it all, it all hinges on um, Andre Lotterer, because there's a chance that he might be going to Porsche. That, that's excited to be confirmed. Ex- excited to be confirmed? But it's exciting, but uh, it's expected to be confirmed in a couple of weeks. But if Lotterer did go to Porsche, it would leave one of the seats at the most competitive team of the grid open. So that's a, that's a rush right there. I think um, Mac Preston's phone will be red hot. Oh yeah, it will be. It's such a coveted seat for sure. And, you know, we'll get into it and uh, you listener will, will soon realise why. Uh, qualifying, Boemi, Verline, Lynn, Apt, Sims and Bird coming into Super Bowl. That is the way it ended. Now, Boemi taking pole... Cracking lap over four tenths quicker than Verline. Where did that come from? It's just Sebastian Boemi, isn't it? The guy is a qualifying machine and he was uh, four tenths faster than Verline. Four tenths faster? That's a, a massive margin. And yeah, we know that the uh, Nissan car is quite, qualif- uh, quite fast in qualifying, but. Four tenths, that's a, lot, that's a lot of time right there. It really is, considering where was Roland, you know, he was a wee way down. Well, yeah, precisely, Roland failed to get into Super Bowl. So we've got Verline as well, he's, he's a good qualifier, we know that. But Lynn, Lynn coming into third, that's, that's pretty mighty, you know, for someone who's just come back. That's the thing, that, that's really uh, put Alex Lynn in the shop window, hasn't it? He came in mid-season in Rome to replace Nelson Piquet Jr. Thank God. I don't know whether to edit that out or not, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was to go, didn't he? Um, and he's, he's been on it, hasn't he? He's been, he's been really impressive this season. And, you know, he, he doesn't have a deal for next season as of yet. And then in qualifying, he turns around from, from nowhere in Group 4 and sticks it on third on the grid. I, mean, I don't know if you can remember back to Season 3, but New York is where Lynn made his Formula E debut, and he actually got pole position in his first ever race, so he clearly loves the track. You took the words right out of my mouth, actually. That's, yeah. That was my next thing to say. Yeah, you really returned to a happy place this weekend, I think. And, uh, got, a, got the sweet spot. It was good. Really good for him. Definitely. Uh, Sims up there as well. Nice to see him after his sort of hard year. It's been a baptism of fire for him, so it's good that he can end on a high. Now, this race, where do we start, Chris? Um, I guess we'll start a great start from Lynn off the line, uh, who gets second behind Boemi. Now, I think Verline uh, was on the dirty side of the track, and that was pretty clear in both races that you did not want to be starting on the right. Yeah, exactly. So. Um... We had, for the for New York, we had a seriously rubbed inside of the track, and a piece of the track was that was heavily unused, was very dusty, um, and this caused like a uh, performance imbalance uh, on the race start. So um, those on the left hand side of the circuit, if you're looking down the grid, or right hand side, I believe, if you're looking down the turn one, secured better starts and. I mean, Lynn benefited from that immediately, didn't he? Oh, it was a great start. And he immediately just he shot up to second. 
and uh, really made his intentions clear. And he was like, I'm in this race to win it. Don't, don't know about anyone else, but, you know, he was making moves uh, from the outset, wasn't he? And it was, oh, it was so nice to see. It was so nice to see because he's had a few unlucky races, but back towards the top. Yeah, and Alexander Sims puts the move on Verline, who then also gets mugged by Daniel Apt. I didn't think that Verline and D'Ambrosio had much speed uh, on this track. It was sort of, they they kept just going backwards, um, getting mugged, and couldn't retaliate. Yeah, I um, I know exactly what you mean. Mahindra went nowhere this weekend. And if you look at Mahindra, they were one of the best, best teams at the start of the season. D'Ambrosio was a championship challenger. It's not the first time we've seen Mahindra struggle towards the tail end. And I think, if anything, it goes to show that Mahindra simply can't maintain consistency over an entire season. They're always strong in the first half. When it comes to the second half of the season, they're absolutely nowhere. Yeah, that's right. It's... Mm-hmm. It's hard to consider them title challengers when they do get to the top, just for yeah. that fact. Okay. And you've got to think back to, you know, it's not just this season, it's look at Rosenquist the last couple of seasons. Yeah. He has been really, really well in front and, and looking like a title contender, and it falls exactly. to bits. In season four, Rosenquist was probably the man to beat at the start of the season. And they completely flushed their. Um, title chances away as soon as the European leg hits that's it for Mahindra really can't really consider them as serious challenges unfortunately Okay also the incident with uh, Lotterer the wrong way causing the reigning champion damage from the pile up uh, Jean-Eric Verne now it looked like both dragons came together uh, and either Lopez or Gunther spun from contact couldn't really make out which one, and uh, damage to both the cheaters. Uh, there was a big pile-up, left rear puncture for Vern, and also nose damage. And Lotterer, it was surprising that he was still moving, to be honest, because his car looked knackered. It looked like it was absolutely done. Yeah, Formula E did disappoint its final weekend, and we've seen some big crashes this season and pile-ups. And, I mean, in race one, there were a fair few pile-ups, wasn't there? This was one of them. Yep, we're going to talk about another one very shortly, but yep. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Um, but the crash in turn seven, I think it was on one of the first lap of the race. And I, th- I think it was Sam Bird who hit Lopez, and that spun him. And then there was just a, you know, an immediate traffic jam. But then Vern, uh, right. went, yeah, Vern went into the back of Gary Paffert. And I think it might have been Mitch Evans. I'm not sure, though. And then Lodra went steamrolling into the back of third, and then that lift left both DS Cheetah cars with massive amounts of damage. We obviously had a pit. I think Vern had a puncture as well, possibly. Yes, and did Sam Bird have a penalty because of that? Yes, and that's why Sam Bird got a 10-second time penalty. Right, right. But yeah, that put the two DS Cheetah cars straight at the back of the field, and all of a sudden... The championship was wide open once more after it seemed to be over um, going into the race. But unpredictability. I really enjoyed Jack Nichols with his comment of the championship is falling to bits around them just as it did 12 months ago. Um, and 
it, it was it was looking pretty grim to be honest, <laughs> especially with neither to cheaters looking like they'd score any points. Precisely, yeah. Vern went from having such a strong position to, I mean, the pressure was certainly on for race two, wasn't it? It was. And, uh, yeah, it was. That's a very good quote, actually, uh, to summarise this race. I've got to say, the commentary was just perfect. The commentary was really on point. And, uh, I mean, Bob Varsha doesn't talk a lot, but when he does, it's always really interesting and it's on point. Yeah, the, the three of them in the commentary box are they're really, really good. They're really, really good. I can't remember which session it was in the weekend, but Bob Varsha was trying to... Um, he might have been qualifying, actually, I'm not sure. But Bob Varsha, Bob Varsha was trying to talk about the population of New York and Brooklyn. And every time he tried to give this really interesting fact, which I can't remember, sadly, um, he was interrupted by Team Radio. The comedic value was hilarious, in all honesty. It was so funny. Yeah, I, I definitely want that to continue. Um, now, 20 minutes to go, I really felt for Alex Lynn. Uh, such a great drive. He just, what was it, an MCU problem? Something to do with the, the pressures? Yeah, his car just died, basically, with 20 minutes to go when he was in second as well. And a heartbreak for him, yeah. It's going to a halt. You've got to feel like he'll be retained by Jaguar after that sort of showing and the progress. Surely. 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 Have to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I really hope Jaguar maintains the same driver lineup from the end of this season. Because Mitch Evans and Alex Lynn have been, have been solid. They've been really solid over the past few races. And Jaguar, I didn't expect it, but they just kept growing into the season. Um, and, I mean, if Mitch Evans was to leave Lotterer, could we see Evans and Vern in the same team? That's the thing. I think, I think Evans will stay at Jaguar. But if he wasn't, if it was announced that uh, Lotterer was leaving this, leaving this to Cheetah, Barris Mark Preston and the team, I would be straight on the phone to Mitch Evans because Mitch Evans is... Oh, Mitch Evans has grown so much in Formula E, and he really, really hit that sweet spot this season, didn't he? And yeah, he did. Yeah, probably one of the best performers of the season, actually. Because, I mean, the Jaguar wasn't, the Jaguar wasn't fantastic in the opening stages. In every race, we had James Barkley saying, we know we have a good car, we just have to get qualified right. And then it really leaves, you know, when you're struggling that much, when PK can't finish a race, there's questions. There's questions like, is this car actually quite, is this car actually good? And then Mitch Evans, you know, after the slight mid-season break we had, came back stronger than ever. Wins in Rome, podium and burn. Who would have expected that Mitch Evans would have been a title contender in the final weekend of the season? Looking back in Adiria. No way. Not a chance. No way. I would never have never have thought that. Really, really nice performance from Jacket. Uh, Mortara put in the wall and Roland had nowhere to go. Um, so Roland, innocent bystander. Uh, and that was massive. Um, Roland was doing well, keeping himself clean and um, having a good race, just sort of 
doing his own thing. So that was a real shame as well for, for Oliver. It was a shame, wasn't it? He just got pasted by Eduardo Mortara from the exit of turn 10. You know, massive amounts of damage. And, um, he didn't finish inside the top 10. I don't believe. No. No. Uh, we come now to the main talking point, Vern and Massa incident. Felipe, did or did he not leave him enough room on the exit? And it was the chicane exit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in the turn... Vern tried to overtake into turn one. They banged wheels slightly, and then Vern just got pushed into the wall in turn two. I think Massa turned in on him, in all honesty. Yeah, I think he... For me, it would have been a slam dunk penalty for Massa, but he actually managed to escape, uh, escape without punishment. Which I, I mean, I was surprised at that. But I was thinking Massa's back at the grid for next race. And he, I think it was a slam dunk. He, I think he did put Verna the wall, and then uh, I mean afterwards, Massa was quite uh, verbal about the accident. The uh, caused uh, called Verna's move kamikaze. Declared that he'd uh, ruined Venturi's race and ruined his own championship. Felipe, I think it was Massa's fault, though. Yeah, I'm. I'm not under uh, any <laughs> illusion that Felipe wasn't. You know, do you think he knew what he was doing? It's yeah, yeah. I think it was Felipe Massa knew what he was doing there. He, he saw P8, he wanted P8, so he put Vern at the wall in my eyes. Uh, simple as, in all honesty. Yeah, I think Vern probably didn't need to push the push the boat out and, and try and get past Massa, though. So Yeah, that's true. I guess, I guess if, you're, if you're picking up a couple of points... Yeah, that's fair. That's it, fair. It's, you know, Vern only needed to score some points. And, and anyway, anyway, uh, the result... So Sebastian Buemi makes it the ninth winner. Or Nissan finally get a win. Mitch Evans second. Antonio Felix da Costa, podium for him. Uh, Alexander Sims in fourth. Degrassi in fifth. Not quite good enough. I think Degrassi uh, apt. Both of them needed a few more points. Uh, Verline, Bird, D'Ambrosio and Turvey managing to haul that car into the top ten. Just under the radar drive that it had no reason to even get there. I mean, you've got, and that's that's sort of telling you what sort of crazy race that was. Yeah, the fact that Neo managed to get a point for that race in in New York, it says so much about the nature of it. Because I mean, the New York car is nowhere; it has been nowhere throughout season five. I think it was Turvey's first point since Sanya. I want to say. Yeah, it was pretty pretty early on in the piece that he scored a point. Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic little drive from Turvey, but also actually a little shout out to Tom Dill because Tom qualified 12th place uh, for race one. And that's a really handy qualifying position right there. That's really, really good going. Yeah. Hey, Tom Dillman's a good driver. He is. He's a, he's a very good driver. It's just a shame that that Neo car has been awful. Yeah, in both Turvey and Dillman are good drivers. And they deserve so much more than that thing. Yep. No, I, I still stand by the the fourth best drivers on the grid. I stand by it. 
I, I would agree. I would agree. The, the two of them are really good. And they, they work well together. They've got a very similar um, mindset and approach to racing, which is really nice to see. But yeah, I hope they'll get kept in for uh, Season 6. I very much hope so. I don't think the team has a reason to sack either of them, in all honesty, after delivering them with like, a car like that. So No, it's, it's not the driver's fault in this case. No, absolutely not. Now, the round 12, uh, the standings, Jean-Eric Verne, 130, Lucas Degrassi, 108, Mitch Evans, 105, Sebastian Buemi, 104, 97 for Da Costa, Lotterer, 86, Apt, 84, Frains, 81, Sam Bird, 73, D'Ambrosio, 67, and Oliver Rowland in 11th, uh, he's 63. The team's championship, this is getting a bit close. Mm-hmm. Dias to Cheetah 216, 192 for Audi. Nissan 167, 154 for Envision. BMW on 133. Mahindra 125, Panasonic Jaguar 116. 88 for Venturi, HWA 39. 23 for Geox Dragon and Neo 7. Yep, 7 whole points. Driver of the day, Chris, uh, who was your driver of the day? There can only be one for me, and that's Mitch Evans. Mitch Evans was fantastic in race one. I agree, I've got to give this to Evans. And he forced his way from 13th to 2nd to keep the title fight alive. And also Buemi, got to shout him out. Yeah, Buemi did a, he did a really, really good job. Yeah, it was a tasty win, it was, uh, it was his first win in two years. Believe it or not. I can't believe that, but yes, it does happen to be true. Yeah, it's it was Boemi's first race win since the second half of the doubleheader Berlin Epre in 2017, which was nuts. It, it's completely it crazy when you think about that, because you forget that the Renault car last year was so bad. Um, it's crazy. But the thing is, with Vern finishing outside the points, the championship was game on. It was instantly game on from that point. Four-way title fight going at the final race of the season. Degrassi, 22 points adrift of Vern. Evans, 25 behind. And Buemi, 26. With 29 points still on offer. So... Yeah, all to play for for someone to upset the apple cart. Uh, now, Buemi had to get pole to be able yeah. to win the championship. Uh, Evans needed a win and nothing short of that mm-hmm. uh, but you know Jeff couldn't be scoring any points and Degrassi I think uh, Jeff needed 6th or 5th yeah I think Degrassi had to win and then Fern would have had to finish like, ooh, I can't do maths like 8th or below or something I'm not sure yes so I mean if there was pole and the fastest lap in there, then uh, any anything could have happened. Yeah, precisely. There's so many different scenarios for the title. But it was still alive, and that's what we wanted going into the final race of the season. One final hurrah. One final hurrah. And so with that, thank you for listening. We are going to now uh, do another podcast and uh, release it in a, a day or so after this one. So stick around and watch that feed. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll catch you in race two. This has been Regen, the e-racing podcast. 
I've been Dino. And I've been Chris. Talk to you again shortly.